here's to courageous pioneers who understand a legacy is multifaceted. Welcome to our Legacy Planning Podcast, a podcast for leaders and visionaries of all ages. Whether you are an independent entrepreneur or someone who is part of a family business, you too can leave something of value behind for a greater purpose. Perhaps your legacy will improve workplace cultures, seize authentic moments, or inspire others with your talent. Your host, Angelina Carlton, is the founder of Design Your Legacy, a boutique advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. She is a mentor and coach to leaders like you and has contributed to Alliance, a philanthropy magazine, as well as to women in family business. She has been recognized by Los Angeles Biz as an LA woman of influence, as well as by World HRD Congress for her work. Remember, you deserve great coaching because your legacy is worth completing. Good morning. My name is Angelina Carlton. I'm the founder of Legacy Planning, a boutique coaching and advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. This morning, I have the pleasure of welcoming Trish Tonai to our Legacy Series Conversations. Trish Tonai is a coach, author, and passionate believer in the power of mentorship. With over 25 years of entrepreneurial experience and through her books, A Diary of Change, 12 Personal Tools, and Breaking Barriers, she has helped business owners and enterprise leaders reach their full potential while creating a culture of success. Trish Tonai is also an artist and founder of ShareYourStories.online. Welcome, Trish. Thank you so much, Angelina. What a pleasure. You have a wonderful show. I love the name of the, or the title of your show. It's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I admire the fact that you have persevered in uh, collecting stories about women, uh, women entrepreneurs, that you've also become an artist, and we'll get into your art in a moment, but you've definitely had your own journey. And would you like to start with your two books or where would you like to begin this lovely morning? Well, we can start talking about uh, the two books. You know, I think that everyone probably in your viewing and listening audience is feels that they have a book in them, right? I mean, books are now becoming no different than a calling card or a business card used to be, quite honestly. And for those of us who, uh, you know, I took the leap of faith a few years ago uh, with my first book, A Diary Changed, 12 Personal Tools, and that one I self-published. And then the second book, Breaking Barriers, 10 Entrepreneurial Women Share Their Stories, I went the traditional publishing route. And I guess those two books had two very different reasons for um, sharing a story. But to your point, it was really all about trying to trying to be real, I guess, you know, and be vulnerable. Yes. And, you know, let folks know that um, this entrepreneurial journey is not for everyone, um, but right. every single one of us has a legacy. Yes, very much. And I think that one of the things that coaches come across in what I call the metaphoric locker room is we get to see the messy. We get to see that it isn't always a straight line. And when there's a breakdown, there's a breakthrough. And a lot of the times people, I think, have this impression that success is airtight or it's perfect, that it's not sloppy in, in the uh, moments of being a hot mess. And I also, before we move on to the next question, I also found it very interesting that it was a little bit more difficult to enroll women in sharing their story in their vulnerability to come forward and claim their success, claim their legacy. What words might you give it? 
You know what? I couldn't agree more because I have to say that um, when I was writing the second book, because I was sharing the stories of 10 entrepreneurial women, I obviously needed folks who were willing to share their story. And it was a bit of a challenge because I think that we are raised to be modest. We're raised not to claim our success. Um, You know, there's always been a bit of a gender gap there. And depending right. on the age and stage of life, we kind of think, oh, you know, no, I, I'm, I'm not that special. You know, I'm just an ordinary person. And we forget that sometimes we're doing extraordinary things. And, you know, the reason how I, I got those. Can I just interrupt for a moment? Yeah. I think that in the ordinary moments, that's, that's where the extraordinary and the magic happens. Sorry for Absolutely. interrupting. Please no, that's so true. That is so true. And, you know, one of the things that we're really afraid to do is we don't want to be judged. Yeah, it hurts. You know, yeah, we're afraid that somebody's going to, um, you know, uh, have an opinion or hold us in, in, you know, manipulate our story in some way. And so it was really very interesting for me to try to get 10 women who would open up and share their story. But I had to approach it from the standpoint of mentorship, because my approach really was everybody starts a business with a great idea. Yes, But the thing that keeps us going really is uh, not just the passion and drive for the business that we may be in, um, but maybe some folks along the way that approach us and say, you know, wow, that's really amazing. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? You know, when we're having coffee with our friends or, you know, we're at a networking event, much easier to share your story than to kind of go for the public profile. And the stage. Uh, Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I think that's what turns people off because they get a little bit afraid. You know, they're like, yeah, well, no, I don't think I really want to be what some would consider high profile. I want to stay under the radar. Absolutely. Uh, You used the word uh, a moment ago that women are a little bit more modest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked with a business mm-hmm. coach for a little while, and he used the term that women are expected to be demure, supportive, and helpful. And he really pushed me. He said, why don't you claim your success? Why don't you? And, 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 and of course, I want to say, oh, it's much easier for you to say that. But, but so let me ask you, who was it that inspired or motivated you? Or was it the lack of it that's, that then had you in imagination or your internal landscape step forward to say, I am going to rise above. I'm not just going to be invisible. You know, I don't think I ever made a conscious, that conscious decision to be quite honest, because from 1993 to 2008, I had a marketing company. So I was helping other people shine. Okay. And in that role, it was very easy to push the envelope and go to sort of the boundaries of creativity because I was promoting the product and services of other folks yeah it's for others (laughs) yeah really easy to do right like it's really easy for me to talk about your success very difficult for me to claim my own right and I have to honestly say you know I've been an entrepreneur since 1993 and I don't think I've ever really claimed my success or taken that moment to say wow that was really amazing Right. Um, I, I think you, I push it to the background and go for the next goal, right? Yes. Because there's always a, a laundry list of things that you're trying to achieve. Right. And I think women sometimes, um, and I'll move to the next question in a moment. I think women sometimes have this expression of, um, it would be really nice when dot, dot, dot. True. And we don't get to that list a lot of the times. It would be really nice when I could mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. acknowledge I could celebrate and so forth and so on. And I just also wanted to uh, point the flashlight to something. There's a a young lady that I'm mentoring and she had played um, different sports 
and she had experienced firsthand the lack of encouragement given to women. And this is just young women. This is not even into the business world where the statistics look something like 90% of all businesses fail. So every bit of inspiration that I think women can receive in addition to men, but especially women, um, like when you have talked about fundraising for women, when women need to raise seed capital or or if they're out there uh, syndicating funds and so forth, and just how much there's a lack of confidence that a woman can make it to the finish line. For sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I know we've come quite far since, you know, each decade, I think, you know, leaves its mark and makes some changes for the positive improvement for the, you know, the legacy that's coming behind. Um, right. But I still think that there is some barriers that need to be broken. Right. And hopefully the next generation that's coming up, they'll be inspired by the things that they see ahead of them and say, well, if she can do it, I can do it too. And I think that's all part and part of still of it, right? right. Um, whenever I'm on the speaker circuit, there's a slide that always comes up. And I, I say, you know, you never know who's watching your journey and being inspired. Correct. Correct. And people are watching. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is one of the reasons why thank you for accepting my invitation to come onto this platform is because I think that uh, there was this game that we played growing up called show and tell and mm -hmm. showing somebody is, I still believe much more powerful than just telling them. Yeah. 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 The, the show me culture. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that there is a statistic that says when we listen to a story or when we share a story verbally and we hear that and internalize some of the, the journey of someone else, we actually are inspired to move outside our own comfort zone. So there's a lot of power, not just in the written word, but in what we see and hear. And sometimes um, there may be someone looking on the sidelines, you know, and watching your journey, not necessarily coming forward and asking you to explain or to claim your power, but right. kind of noticing how you carry yourself when you're in your personal and professional life. Absolutely. And I think what you're pointing to right now is owning your space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. the, the, the doing and the being. And I think a part of when, shows, when someone shows up to define and develop and execute their legacy, I think a part of it is the, is the uh, aspect of taking actions. And then the other part of it is just being and being aware and conscious of how are you being in that moment. And, and you're absolutely right. It changes the narrative. It changes what people remember. If they right. see nine people that, that bow their head in shame and one person that stands up and says, I'm going to be glorious in all the colors and, and talents and so forth, then it's, it's the, other, the other people go, huh, maybe I can mm -hmm. be different too, or maybe I can stand a little taller. And Yeah, for sure. And I think we need to support one another. And that's the other really important thing, right? Because um, when you fall down and scrape your knees, when you're a child, your mother's there to pick you up or a sibling is there to pick you up. And we take comfort in being comforted. And yes. I think in the business journey, you're going to fall down and scrape your knees just as many times as you did when you were a toddler, because you're doing something that doesn't come with a manual. There's no manual on entrepreneurship. You know, there's no manual for business success. Right. You just have to forge a path on your own and follow that dream, whatever that dream may be. And so when you fall down and scrape your knees, you need to have somebody there to help pick you up and give you that little bit of support. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, very good. Well, let me just jump into one of the questions. I think it might be uh, midway through the list, but what would you say are the top three values that inspire you? Because I think you're pointing to an area of values at the moment. For sure. You know, one of them definitely is integrity, because I think that um, 
You know, everybody has, a, a, I call it a moral compass or um, a professional compass that sends you in the right direction based on the things that we've learned and the skills that we've acquired, you know, as we move through life. So I think integrity is one that's really important. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily something that I feel it's a non-negotiable, you know, um, I, I always say to clients, you know, sometimes you're going to be, you're going to meet a, a customer in a, in whatever product and service that you're selling, and there may not be an alignment there. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to compromise your integrity or your values, um, just to do business with them. If it's not a right fit, it's not a right fit and that's okay. Um, so I think that's really important. So integrity is one of them. I think the other thing, you know, is really having healthy boundaries. I don't know about you, but that's a really hard one for a lot of people. Um, you know, we, we, we understand the concept of healthy boundaries, but lots of times we have really difficulty in applying what those healthy boundaries are for us. It's over there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Or you know what? We admire the healthy boundaries in somebody else, right? We go, yeah. wow, that's really awesome. I, I really appreciate and respect that they have a, a boundary line and you can see that they're not going to allow someone to cross it. And then you, you reflect on yourself and go, wow, I'm maybe not doing a very good job of that. You know, I kind of overextend myself right. um, to the detriment of myself to help others. So, you know, integrity and healthy boundaries, I think are two things that perhaps go hand in hand. Right. Um, and, and, you know, the third thing really is, is empathy. Yeah. Can I just stop you for a moment? I think integrity and boundaries, it's like more of the person gets to come out. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and flower. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like the, yeah, absolutely. Like the, yes. Like the metaphor of the flowers around you. Keep going. Yes. And, you know, and empathy is the thing that kind of ties us all together, right? Because, um, you know, to empathize with someone else or to be able to support someone in their time of need really requires a skill. And I think um, there's a misnomer sometimes, certainly when I started in business many, many years ago, it was that sort of steamroller kind of thing. You know, you didn't, you didn't stop for a second. You just kept rolling right through. You didn't admit that you had had an issue. You didn't reach out for help. Right. Um, and certainly if someone was not doing really well, you kind of pushed them out of the way and just kept moving along, right? So I think empathy is really important because is our ability to be able to empathize with the people around us is, as well as ourselves that actually helps us break the barriers towards success. I yeah. find. Yes, I completely agree. And I think that one of the things you're pointing to is when commerce becomes warfare compared to service. Yes. And I think that what well, I'd like to believe um, that we as a society globally are moving from the, that win-lose mentality to more of a win-win mentality Right. Um, I mean, I think it's going to take time for sure. And um, awareness. You know, one of the things I always say to clients is um, I ask the question, why are you starting this business? I know that you have a great idea, but why have you decided to be an entrepreneur? And if the laundry, the first five things on the laundry list are all about money, the business isn't going to last. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can't just be all about the money. You know, it can't be about your own wealth. It has to be about, yes, we're, we all are in business to make money, of course. I mean, that's a really healthy attitude, but it can't be the primary motivator because otherwise the product or service that you're providing is going to get lost in the shuffle. It can't all be about the dollars and cents, right? So I think I find sometimes that we need to do just take a step back 
and really decide because as you've already alluded to, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It's, it's a windy road. It's not a straight line to right. success. Right. And so it really takes a commitment to, um, you know, to give up that nine to five job and really explore the opportunities that may or may not uh, lead to your own wealth and well-being. Absolutely. And I think there's also a, a bit of um, that they have to step up to the plate, because sometimes mm -hmm. I think that in addition to the greed, people hide their true intentions. Yeah. because of this, what I call it, it's, it's no longer keeping up with the Joneses, maybe it's keeping up with the Kardashians, but it's this like bling, I don't want to be judged. So I'm going to hide behind this image, when really, there could be something that's an, an absolute gem underneath, but they're afraid to give words to it. Because like you said before, it's a bumpy journey to, mm -hmm. to be that taller blade of grass. Because mm -hmm. if, if they've never been encouraged before, coaching can be scary. Yes, for sure. For yeah. sure. And I also think too, that, um, as a society, we don't reward failure. Oh, yes. And I can't wait till we get to the failure part of this conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Would you like to go there now or? Sure. Sure. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm sure that the clients that you work with as well, we're, we're afraid to fail. I think, you know, it's like uh, taking a leap of faith where we don't know where we're going, where we have no idea what the outcome may be. It's the unknown and uh, so failure is something that we shy away from. And, you know, if I've learned anything in all of my years of entrepreneurship is that um, failure usually takes you to your next success. It does. But who wants to be broken down? Very true. Right? Yes. Very true. Very it, true. Uh, Brene Brown had a, a TED talk one time where she was encouraging vulnerability. And I tell me what you think about this. I just thought. I don't know if I want to be the weakest person in a room because some people can be very empathetic and respectful as to weaknesses, but other people, they'll just be yeah. straight out yeah. sharks and predators. Yes, very true. Right? Very true. But I think Brene Brown had, I mean, I, we probably saw the same TED talk because uh, obviously there's, she's had a, a, an amazing number of people who have participated and taken a look at that. But I think that that just goes to show you how many people are afraid of vulnerability. They are afraid because I think they just want to exhale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm For really sure. tired of putting on this, this, this thing that I have to put on every day that looks flawless and perfect and airtight. But mm -hmm. if I get out there and I fail, then other people could project their junk onto me. Other people right. could. And will I be strong enough? True. Yes. Do you think that social media is helping break down some of those barriers of vulnerability? Because there's a little bit of a false sense of security when we put things out on social media that may be a little vulnerable because we don't know who the audience may be. So it gives some people confidence to perhaps be a little more vulnerable. Oh, do, you, do you want me to answer that? or, or Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think that with different generations, and I'll go back to a moment about the clients and failure and uh, something you had said earlier. I, I think that when it comes to social media, we really have a blank artist palette and people will mm -hmm. approach it differently. I think with a younger generation, there's less of a need of privacy. So they'll just put everything out there. But at the same time, they may not realize the risks when it comes to cyberbullying or if somebody holds something against them. Whereas maybe the older generations might be a little bit hesitant of, I don't know if I want to put all of that out there. You know, right. my bathing suit at the beach in the summertime, just in case somebody does do something. And then 
if I have a PR nightmare on my hands or something that's going to consume my energy. Yes. I wanted to loop back to something about failure before. I think that depending on where someone is in life, they can be um, driven by frustration and anger to complete their legacy if they know that their time is limited here. True. And they're, they're exhausted by people who are standing in their way. So I think that, that the failure in that sense is viewed as if I don't do it now, I might not have another opportunity. You know, that, and that I think comes with a, a certain age and stage in life, because in your 20s and 30s, you're building your war chest of skills and you're, you know, you're acquiring wealth and you're acquiring experience and you're, you know, you're rounding out that Rolodex and you're doing all of those things that hopefully are going to take you to the next level of success. Right. And then when you get to your 40s and some folks in their 50s, you start to calm down a little bit and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, it's almost like surfing, right? I'm going to try to enjoy this a little bit. I'm going to see, yeah, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to swim. You know, <laughs> paddle, I've got paddle, a little paddle. bit of confidence. Yeah. I've been doing this for a while. And then when you get into your sixties, because I just recently moved into a new decade. So uh, I just recently turned 60 and I have to tell you, thank you. What happens at this stage in age of life is you see the friends who are no longer with us who yes. have had illnesses or they've had tragedy or they have run out of steam. And so I think you sit back and you look at things a little bit differently. I mean, I can certainly say that uh, in the last month or so, I've kind of been asking myself the question, so what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want the next 20 years of your life to look like? What is the, the journey that you want to share? You know, how do you want to help folks? What is it? What, who is Trish? And what does Trish want to leave behind? And I don't think that really happens till you get to a certain age. Right, right. Because we're invincible. In our 20s and 30s and 40s, we're invincible. And then in our 50s, the real life kicks in a little bit more. And, you know, we see um, our parents pass away, perhaps, or we see changes in our circle of friends. And then the reality really sets in that we're not here forever. Correct. Correct. Even if the affluent would like to, uh, to be here a little longer with, yeah. with the technology. It, it, they, yeah, they it, even... doesn't, it doesn't always last, right? Correct. And I think it's when you start to get that reality check, I call it, that all of a sudden you might look at things just a wee bit differently because your perspective has changed. Right. And um, I also think that uh, certain folks, I'll use, I have an inspirational mentor that I talk about all the time. And that is Coco Chanel. Oh, um, okay. I never had the pleasure of meeting her, but okay. I feel she was the very first feminist. Okay. She broke down some amazing barriers as an entrepreneur. She made huge strides in her business. And after world war II, she disappeared from the landscape for a little while. And she went to live in Switzerland and tried to sort of live off of her own legacy. So she was trying to live off of the residuals of Chanel number no. five and, you yeah. know, how well her fashion house was doing. And believe it or not, at the early seventies, I think she was 73. She made a comeback. She did. And I, I just want to, I know a little bit about her story. She's definitely self-made yes. and um, we can admire resilient people in society, but we have no idea the grit that they've had to go through. No kidding. 
No kidding. And they're Very internal. True. Their internal conversations. Very true. And so I look at her as an absolute inspiration because when I really delved into her story and saw that in her early 70s, she made a comeback and boy, did she make a comeback. Right. I thought, wow. So there's no longer the ageism of, you know, oh, I can't do that. I'm getting too old. Right. Um, I think really to your point, it's the resilience and spark uh, that inspires you to say, no, I'm going to make a difference and I am going to do this that so you can do it at any age or stage of life. And I think that's, what's really very important is it really depends on your personal choice. And I think sometimes it takes us a little bit of time to understand that we always have a choice. Yes. And, and I would like to add to that, that I think that a person's creativity only gets better with experience and age and what they right. can bring forward. So that's why it's I your think- comfort level. You become a little bit more comfort. Uh, you become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Right. Yes. Yes. Because life is always going to have ups and downs. And, you know, the, the line is never straight and it's never smooth. Yeah. And sometimes it's the bumpiness in the road that makes it even more interesting. Um, but it's how we are able to manage those choices. I think that really, um, stand, stand the test of time and give us really an opportunity to, um, to shine in our own way so that those folks that are coming behind us may have the path a little bit easier. Yes. Embracing the humanity and the messiness. And yeah, yes. yes. And I think one of the things that other people look for is how did, how did you handle that conflict? How did you handle that messy? Very, very, very true about the choices again. Right. I mean, we can, we can choose to respond in a certain way. um, And how we choose to respond actually sets us up for the future. So um, I think that's a really good point. Um, We we always have a choice. And I don't think to be quite honest in the early part of my career that I really felt that I had that many choices. I, I, you know, I had put myself in a box and thought, you know, okay, well, this is, this is my only choice. And now as you get a little bit older and wiser, you think you always have a choice. It just depends on how you want to respond. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. Okay. So uh, we've talked about, uh, or I'm sorry, you've talked about purpose, vision, and core values Mm -hmm. on your previous podcast. Mm -hmm. So what does the word legacy mean to you personally at, at this point in life today? You know, I think to uh, the reason why I started shareyourstories.online is because I really wanted to help other entrepreneurs share their great idea, increase their visibility, provide opportunities for collaboration and build connections in their community. Because I know how hard it was when I started out in the early 90s, you can appreciate there was only traditional media then. You had newspaper, radio, magazine, or TV. Those were really the only opportunities you had to share your great idea. And they were expensive. So most entrepreneurs didn't have that. Their only opportunity was networking because that was the thing that they could afford. And so uh, it was just the larger uh, companies that had huge deep pockets that could participate in, in those traditional advertising venues. So I started shareyourstories.online because I wanted to give any entrepreneur at any stage in their career an opportunity to share. And so the written version gives you an opportunity to talk about uh, your journey by answering the three questions. And then the video podcast gives you a chance to put some words and some meaning and some emotion behind your story. 
So for me, the legacy would be, I would like people to say that was a really wonderful platform in giving other entrepreneurs a chance to share their great idea. Yeah, I think you, you're what you're seeing is uh, what I might call the high barriers to entry. So it's like yeah. you're giving them wings to fly, or you're yeah. right, you're yeah. making it easier for them. Right. So they just and don't also feel like giving them experience, right? I mean, doing this kind of thing takes confidence. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of skill, whether you're the host or whether you're the guest. Right. Um, you know, you acquire skills even in doing the video podcast concept. You know, lots of people like only doing the podcast because there's no visual. Right. And, <laughs> right. So they don't feel that they're like, you know, they're front and center on the screen and other people, people are staring get, at them. <laughs> yeah. And other people get really comfortable with the idea of the of the video camera. So I think it also gives them a chance to spread their wings a little bit and to, to forge into new territories where maybe they didn't think that they would have an opportunity. And like you, there's a multitude of folks who are doing video podcast series that are complimentary, that you can connect with and be able to share your story, which I just think is so important. It is. And so I just want to acknowledge you again for creating a safe space for entrepreneurs to come forward. That if they're mm -hmm. not in Forbes or Fortune magazine, that there is something that is credible that they could look at others that they might be able to collaborate with, ask for advice mm -hmm. from, create an advisory board of, and so on and so forth. Yes. Yeah, it's really important, I find, you know, because sometimes um, like-minded communities can be difficult to forge relationships. Yes, yes. And so this just the, we now have over 300 international stories on the Share Your Story series. We've got over 80 video podcasts that are now available. And what I really love about the platform is I'm seeing people reach out to each other and connect because they're using that as the basis for the introduction. So, oh, I see that you shared your story on, you know, on, on Trisha's platform. I did too. And I really liked this. And then yeah. they're able to start a new conversation. Which is brilliant because I think as adults, we have to remember to keep growing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it's not as if we can go to the grocery stores and grocery store and say to somebody, oh, <laughs> and strike up a conversation over the carrots, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's why I started the workshop series as well. So we now have a workshop series that's part of Share Your Stories Got Online because we had so many awesome speakers and educators that were part of the platform. And I thought, okay. Let's use the folks that have invested in sharing their story and give them an opportunity to share their expertise in a new platform. So we have the workshop series that's also available um, so that if you're looking to learn a new skill, you can learn it from another entrepreneur, which I think is really important. Yes. And so this is also why I thank you for coming on to this platform as a coach, because I think that there are many resources that are out there. So if yeah. somebody says, well, I don't know how to find him or her. Great. Go to shareyourstories.online. Yeah. Go to this yeah. resource and here, here are the voices. And th these people are out here just, and just because they're not in Inc. Magazine doesn't mean that, that those are the only choices. Yes. So Very true. speaking of entrepreneurs, yeah. Any of them have driven type A personalities <laughs> to overcome the necessary barriers. So what might be one or two good pieces of advice or guidance that you received personally that helped you along your journey? 
you know, um, I am a type A personality. So, um, and I'm also left-handed. So when you put those two things together, creativity was definitely going to be part of my life's journey because, um, I think that people who are left-handed, we have, uh, we, we automatically associate them with creativity and type A personalities cover, sort of don't suffer fools gladly. So they end up being in areas where they become leaders or they like to do things on their own. So being that I had those two things um, either going for me or against me, depending on how you looked at it. Um, but I was a national buyer for a major department store. And one of my mentors was the senior VP of uh, marketing. And he used to say to me, um, well, Trish, you know, um, you, you have to soften your approach. So one of the things that I've had to do through life is kind of tone down my enthusiasm a little bit, because for some people, it can be really overwhelming. So that was okay. a really great piece of advice okay. that he provided for me in the corporate world. And being aware um, of how you come across. Exactly. Now okay. I had to turn down the dial a little bit in okay. corporate situations. Um, but I have to tell you, as an entrepreneur, I turned up the dial. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it was a skill or something that depending on how you choose to position yourself in your career, um, certain strengths can become weaknesses in certain situations. So you have to be really cognizant and aware of that. So that was one really great piece of advice that I received from him. Um, one of the other things that he um, taught me was creativity is something that needs to be nurtured. So, um, you know, even though we may think that we've landed our dream job or we have our dream company, we still need to continue to invest in whatever skill it is that we that took us to that success point. So for me, if it was creativity, I had to still continue to step outside that comfort zone so that I could always be creative so that you were always adding something to your personal toolbox. Um, so that was really another great piece of advice that he provided. And I think the third thing, amazing really, mentor. yeah, he was a really great guy. He really was, um, okay. you know, there was, um, it was in the era of court, course of blue suits and red ties where all mentors were kind of men because there weren't very many women in those upper echelon positions. Right. Um, and I think the third uh, piece of advice that he gave me was, believe it or not, um, was to help mentor the women that were coming up the ranks behind me um, because in the, in the early um, eighties and nineties, there were very, very few women executives. Um, thankfully times have changed and we have lots of women that we can look to for inspiration. Um, but at that particular point in time, there were very few or their stories were not really very uplifting. They were of the struggles that they had to face. So uh, he, he suggested that, you know, down the road to always try to be kind to the next person who was coming behind me, um, right. because if I could help them in any way to make their journey a little easier, um, then it would just that legacy would just continue down the line. Yeah, that's beautiful momentum. I wonder if he had a great mother. You know, I think he had, um, he was an only child. Okay. So I, I do think he had an amazing connection, family connection. Okay. And um, he also had no children. So I think when you're, um, you know, you're in an executive position and you don't have, um, you know, children of your own that you nurture, okay. I think you try and find individuals that maybe look a little bit like you. 
Okay. And so you try to mentor them uh, to make their journey a little bit easier. And I was just very lucky that I was introduced to him at a young age. And um, he was, he definitely was a force um, for me in terms of inspiration. Very nice. Um, I have to think that it is a, it is an act of spirit for somebody yeah. to give to strangers or yeah, yeah cause yeah, it was intentional. Sure intentional. So now as a mentor's mentor, is there any mm. advice you would share with the next generation or generation Z coming up? Absolutely. And that is, you know what, if you find someone in your social network, or even, you know, in um, on social media that you admire, take the time to reach out to them and even just ask them if they have time for a coffee. Because if there's something about that individual that inspires you, and you would like to learn from that person, all you have to do is ask. It's really amazing, I think, that you will find even um, the busiest person in your network will take 10 or 15 minutes to have a coffee with you if you approach them from a place of respect and mentorship. And um, I never did that enough as I was coming up the ranks, and I wished I had. Right. And so if I could give any piece of advice for those coming up the ranks is if you see someone that you admire, or if someone in your network has a skill that you would like to learn, by all means, reach out to them and ask them if they have time for a coffee. Um, and you never know where that relationship may go and how it may help you in your own journey. Yes, that's brilliant. Because I think that relationships help in business, mm-hmm. but we're not always given that class or that book. And it takes very true. courage to cold call and ask somebody. Mm-hmm. Yes, for, I for think an open going door. Back to the, yeah, to going back to the point on social media, though, like it's really easy to send a message to someone that you may be following on social media. Right. Now, whether it's their assistant or someone else who, you know, on their team that answers the message. But I think if you come from a place of respect yeah. and you come from a place of asking for help, you will find that, you know, you may not get to the, the ultimate individual that you've been following, but you may find that there's someone in their team who would be just as helpful. So you may, you may be directed into um, a relationship that may serve you better than, you know, trying to get to the, the, the pinnacle of the company. Um, but I, I really do feel that all you have to do is ask. You would be amazed at what doors will be open when you respectfully ask. Okay. So let's say I'm a Gen Z and I say, okay, Mm -hmm. I hear you, Trish. You want me to take a leap of faith and have some courage and, and ask, but let's go back to failure for a moment. So Mm -hmm. if you're, you've arrived gracefully to your Mm sixties decade, but let's say Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a generation Z, I'm 20 years old. Mm -hmm. How can I reframe that fear of failure? I'm going to feel stupid. I think that it's no different than um, approaching, say, a a colleague in school or a a teacher in school, you know, how, what kind of dialogue would you have with someone that is in a position of authority in your current network? So teachers are are a good example, you know, how would you dialogue with your teacher? How would you open a new conversation with that person? I think if you take that approach, okay. um, And you know what, if you're genuine, people know when you're genuine. You know, if you, if you genuinely are looking for some help or you're genuinely looking for direction, people will help. They will open doors. They will have a conversation with you. I think it's the approach 
that makes all the difference in the world. And I think it's no different. Just think of how you would like someone to approach you if they were asking for help. Okay. You know, there may be someone even in your own network, if you're in your twenties, who's younger than you, who's asked for your help. Okay. How did they approach you? And, and how willing were you to help them? Um, okay. I think that's a really interesting component that we need to have in society today is when someone reaches out for help, being graceful enough and confident enough to help them with whatever it is they're looking for. Yes. Okay. And a uh, point well made. So if they're struggling with feelings of shame at all. Mm -hmm. Yes. And oh, I, I'm going to fail. I'm going to call up Trish and I'm going to fail. You know what? Then maybe Trish is not your person. Okay. I always look at it that way, right? Okay. I mean, there's, there's never, yeah, there's never only one person that we admire. I okay. mean, you may admire different people in different walks of life for different reasons. And so, um, you know, obviously a very famous person is going to be very hesitant to have a one-to-one -one conversation, but there may be a corporate executive in your own, um, in your own city that may um, you know, be running an organization or doing some volunteer work. And you may start there. So yeah. you know, don't try to bag the elephant right away, um, but gain your, <laughs> gain your confidence with someone who's maybe not famous, you know, right. um, because they're gonna be a lot more approachable. There's, there's too many layers of um, management to get to say the publisher of Inc. Magazine as an example, right? So try someone that's a little bit uh, not as uh, world famous, perhaps, okay. as your first approach. And then once you gain some confidence, you'll be able to move forward from there. Wonderful. And the reason I was, I was asking and digging a little bit in excavation is because I had a conversation with a Generation Z individual this past weekend. And sometimes the, the first thought is, well, maybe this idea isn't that good. And I was like, no, no, the idea is amazing. Go for it. Go for it. But that confidence mm -hmm. isn't, muscle isn't quite there yet because they look at this right. big world out there. And one of the things they might face is a little bit of bias because uh, they haven't earned their stripes. And, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that their ideas aren't good. It's just that that confidence piece just hadn't been built yet. Okay, yeah, for sure. so who guides Trish today? Uh, that's a really good question. I think that um, the stories that we read and the um, people that we encounter are the ones that really inspire me today. There are ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things. Um, I'll use you as an example. So the fact that you reach out, you take the time to try to help folks build a legacy is inspiring. It, it makes people think or have a little bit more positive direction about where it is that you would like to go. That's inspirational to me. So I think that the people that we meet along the way and the, the folks that come across our path are there for a reason. And I think that each one of them in some way can be very inspirational. So um, I think that the people who inspire me are the ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things. That's amazing because uh, those moments are all around us. Absolutely. I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you meditate. I, I try and meditate. I'm not very good at it, but I think one of the, the benefits is noticing everything that is around us, these little miracles and Little and when we do a kindness thing too, you know, like I'm sure that you, you're no different. You know, if you're, you um, we're standing in the line at the coffee shop or we're in the, the drive-through at the coffee shop and you buy the coffee for the person behind you. Right. And you, uh, you know, you, and as you're, you know, driving away and you see the surprise look on their face, like, wow, somebody actually did something nice for me. You know, a small act of kindness 
Right. You just have no idea how it can change somebody else's day. It doesn't have to be this huge monumental thing. It can be just, you know, I can, I know that um, I was in Paris once a few years ago and there was a, a mature couple and they were sitting and having, um, you know, a coffee first thing in the morning. And I was sitting with a friend and you could tell that the woman had just recently in some way changed the way that she looked. And um, so I went up to her and I said, you know, may I say that you look absolutely fantastic and her face lit up yeah. and her partner said, you know, what, thank you very much for saying that she just got it, this new haircut. And, you know, so just doing something, paying someone a kindness or a compliment, right. And it can just make all the world of difference, not just for them, but for you. Because it's a really feel-good experience when when you say something to someone and they're very appreciative of your positive comment. Yeah, I think it expands the energy. For sure. Yeah, and, and it means that we don't have to play what I call the withholding game. Yeah, why? Why can't we just walk up to a stranger in the street and say, wow, that you look awesome today. That looks really amazing on you. You know, that outfit looks great. Or, you know... Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you have a wonderful smile or, you know, it, it just can be a passing comment. It doesn't mean that you have to get into this huge dialogue with someone, but it can just be a really small, random act of kindness that I think just makes the world a really nicer place to be. Yes. Well, I think you have a beautiful heart. Thank you for, for bringing Thank that you. out. Yes. Thank you. Thank so this you. is the, uh, the person behind the books, the, 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 the woman behind the art. So thank you for, for, for bringing that forward. Yeah. Well, so, the podcast, I always say we're introducing the person behind the logo, right? We spend a lot of money choosing the right logo for our business, the right corporate colors for our company, the right marketing or strategic plan in order to communicate our message. And we sometimes forget that there's a person behind the logo. There's a, a real feeling human being that's behind all of those wonderful things or a team of people that are behind helping us accomplish all of those things. So sometimes it's kind of nice to meet the person behind the logo. Yeah, I think it, uh, it brings the humanity forward. And one of the things with social media, I think, is that um, if there's a, a good photographer, you can kind of capture where they work, the desk they sit at, because they're building something. And, and I think it goes back to also that show and tell uh, distinction. You know, mm -hmm. it's um, here I am, if I, and let me show you what goes into the product or service. Let me show you what goes into that, that the person that, and, and their belief system. Yeah. Very true. I mean, yes. you can share with us, why did you start the, the podcast series on building your legacy? Why, what, what motivates you <laughs> to invite someone like myself to talk about legacy? Oh, well, it's because I think that the, this world needs more positive role models. And when I hear people criticize coaches, I get that there are some not so great coaches out there, but that's any industry. So let's, instead of, uh, you know, in coaching, there's that expression about what, you know, the what's wrong conversation, and then we can pivot to the what's wanting to happen conversation. So that's why. Well, you I, know, I always say to folks, listen, you know what, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, you are going to connect with some folks and not connect with others. Yeah. But if you're coming from a place of integrity and you genuinely believe in the product or service that you offer, you are going to automatically attract the people that are going to support whatever it is that you do. And so um, coaching is no different than any other industry, right? There's an education component you can invest in your future, which I think is really important. And 
if there are people out there that are interested in learning something from you, they're going to approach you. Very good. Very good. Okay. So um, you have tapped into your creativity with your outdoor art project, which yes. uh, for the, yes. the viewers and listeners out there, it, how might you sum it up in one or two sentences? It's, it's artwork that you can hang outside, that you don't have to water, that brings yes. color during the winter months, or how, how would you phrase it? So, you know, I call it um, a little splash of color for your personal space. So all of us are spending a lot more time at home uh, with the, you know, the advent of the world challenges in the last few months. And I decided to trade a, a pen for a paintbrush and go back to my original love, which is art. And you know what? It makes people smile. And I think we need more smiles and we need more opportunities for joy and so the outdoor art is just, um, and I've always been an innovator my whole life. So, you know, people say to me, really? You're putting canvas outside, seriously? And you know what? If you put it on your porch or on your balcony or on the front of your house in a sheltered space, and you're sitting outside enjoying, the, enjoying nature or wherever it is that you may live, who doesn't want to look at something colorful and that makes you smile? So that's really the whole premise for the outdoor art is... Okay. I'm inviting people to be bold and add a splash of color to their personal space. I think it's wonderful. And I think uh, when we've seen some of the statistics related to even just depression in the last 18 months, uh, mm -hmm. suicides for young adults, how, how lovely it would be that if this art could enter their life, because again, you don't know what family might hang that, you know, mm -hmm. outside of their porch or patio and, or it could be the first thing that they see when their car pulls into their, their, their driveway and so forth. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's just smiles. It's, it's really okay. just that it's just splashes of color that make people smile. And, you know, we don't have to take ourselves so seriously, to be quite honest. I think that the, you know, the world has become a serious place and we're all kind of feeling that oppressive, heavy heaviness mm -hmm. that's in day-to-day -day life. And so if I can make it a little bit more fun, and if I can bring forward a little bit of smile with a splash of color, then um, that really, it, it just makes everybody feel better. Very good. Very good. Okay. So um, is there anything that surprises you these days? I think what surprises me the most is um, how resilient we have all had. To, we've really all had to <laughs> dig deep for some resilience in the last little while. And even the people that you think, oh, my goodness, you know, they're definitely not going to be able to handle that have pulled up their bootstraps and have really perhaps surprised us with some of the, the acts of kindness that they've done and how resilient we've all been able to be and how supportive maybe we can be of each other. Um, there's always the negative side of the coin, but like you, I choose to, I mean, I don't have a TV in my house. Yeah. Um, I, I choose to concentrate on the positive vibes and look for the people who are offering some sort of inspiration. And I think it, that really surprises. Some people have surprised me how they've dug deep and uh, been able to really be very resilient. Well, you've been uh, choosing consciously. Mm -hmm. Right. Compared to being in a sure. reactive state. Okay. Yeah. So sure. if, if you could change anything in this world today, what would it be? Um, that's a really hard question to answer because there's so many things on the laundry list, right? I think first and foremost, if we can all just be a little bit more accepting of one another, um, you know, regardless of 
where we live or um, various different cultural backgrounds, I think we all have the same challenges as human beings. And I think if anything, if we could just be a little bit more accepting of each other um, and realize that their struggles are no different than ours. Um, and we all are sort of trying to navigate this thing that we call life with a little bit of grace and, uh, and happiness that I think that we would just make the world would be just a better place because we'd be a little bit more forgiving when we make mistakes and uh, we could be a little bit more helpful to each other. The, the edges wouldn't be so rough. Yes. Yeah. Or so, so crisp. Sometimes the edges are a little too crisp, you know, and we think that, um, you know, and I think traveling helps open those, those eyes. You know, I, I think we always think that our, our life is very insular and it only happens here or it only happens in our city or our community. And it's when we travel outside those, uh, you know, those self-imposed borders that we realize that life is no different everywhere else. It's, it really is the same. That's a, that's a, a sound bite right there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, um, um, is there anything that brings you joy today? And then I, I will uh, probably ask you about how, how are you developing and executing your legacy? But I think like you've pointed to, it's kind of a, a work in progress every day as you let new inspiration in and. Yeah, yeah. I don't think our leg, our, I mean, our legacy only finishes when we're no longer here to be quite yeah. honest. And I think that we always add a little something um, along the way that changes based on our uh, life experience and circumstances. Okay. And if we're consciously always trying to put our best foot forward, um, we can't but leave a positive legacy behind because um, there's just, you know, we, we, I don't think anybody can say, this is the thing that I want to leave behind because there's so many, it's like Hansel and Gretel, like, like there's breadcrumbs that go all the way along <laughs> and, uh, and those breadcrumbs mean different things to different people. So yeah. I don't think that um, unless you're a gazillionaire and you're going to leave all your money to a particular charity or to an organization, I think ordinary people like you and I um, can only do the best that we can and hope that we're helping um, future generations make life a little bit easier. Well said, well said. So where can the viewers and listeners find you and any closing thoughts? Um, they can find me on trishtonai.com. I did, you know, I've done a few rebrands in my career. And so the most recent rebrand was going with my name. Um, so you can find me on social media pretty much through those channels. Um, the shareyourstories.online platform is open to anyone who would like to share their great idea and business story. And of course, the podcast series is called Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. And that's um, libraried on YouTube. And the podcast is also shared on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So if you're interested in getting inspirational stories from ordinary people like you and I, then um, subscribe to some of the various different channels that um, we've created so that you can connect with like-minded people and who knows where the future may hold for you. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for opening your heart and being so transparent and authentic regarding your journey. And I hope thank that you. it does bring both insights to the listeners and the viewers, because I think you've talked about nurturing your creativity as an ongoing effort, and also just the heart that you're bringing forward, the care 
uh, and I think that's what people are going to remember. You cared. And I think Thank that you. is in terms of like the ripple effect of the pond that will touch their hearts because um, that energy is, uh, yes, it, it transcends boundaries. So if there's a listener or viewer that is another time zone, another part of the world, another age group, they can resonate with so this person cared enough to walk up to me and give a compliment. This person walked up to me and provided this painting that now hangs outdoors in my home. And so I just would like to acknowledge what you've started. And I think it's also just an inspiration that you're continually growing and you haven't thrown in the hat. So I think that both for women that are your age, as well as all women, that they will uh, notice, as you say, many eyes are watching. So I hope that you continue to walk forward strongly and thank you for your grace. And, and on that note, for the listeners and viewers out there, please like and subscribe and share with your friends and family. And, and until next time, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you.